Welcome to the official podcast of the Indianapolis Knights, presented by Hoosier Kayak Bassing, the premier kayak bass fishing resource in the Hoosier State. This show is brought to you in part by TRC Covers, handcrafted, American-made rod covers that float, and also South Mountain Media, transform your business today. Now let's join the Knights at the round table. Here is Indy Knights head coach and your host, Sam Jones. Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Indy Knights Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Jones. This week I have Indy Knight Jason Cassidy, aka Big Red, joining me at the table. We're coming off a big week in the kayak industry. The Hobie Bass Open Series just concluded with the Tournament of Champions. Jason, our very own, was one of the 50 top anglers to uh, qualify for that event. Jason walked away with a top 20 finish. We're super proud of him um, and his accomplishments this year. AOI standings are still pending, but we'll know more about that in the near future. Um, But uh, congratulations to Jason, and uh, we look forward to talking to him in this episode about his 2021 season on the Hobie Bass Open Series, um, his experience at the TOC, and what he's got in store for, uh, for 2022. Should be a good show. So we'll be back right after a couple messages from our presenting sponsors. Hoosier Kayak Bassin is your premier kayak fishing resource in the Hoosier State. Stay up to date on all the latest news, tournament results, and much more at HoosierKayakBassin.com. TRC Covers, handcrafted, American-made fishing rod covers. Protect your gear on and off the water with TRC Covers. Rods, reels, wires, electronics, whatever it is, TRC can protect it. Learn more at TRCCovers.com. That's TRCCovers.com. This podcast is proudly produced by South Mountain Media. Transform and grow your business with South Mountain Media. Welcome everyone again, and thanks for tuning in to the Indie Nights Roundtable Podcast. Let's get to today's guest, Jason Cassidy. Welcome to the Roundtable. Hey, glad to be here, Sam. Looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, man. Glad to have you. We missed you on the first episode. You were uh, down in Alabama getting ready for the TOC, Hobie Bass Open Series Tournament of Champions. Mm-hmm. So uh, good to have you on this one. Awesome to be here. Yeah, Nicole and I were really trying to get a connection down there uh, so we could be on that first one. But, uh, you know, good things come to those who wait, I guess, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> and that that's what, that was an important event. We needed your uh, full attention to be on be on the TOC. Um, you had a you had a pretty pretty great year. I mean, it was the first year you really went hard at uh, the Hobie events and um, performed performed pretty well. How do you feel about your season now that it's uh, done and over? Um, all in all, I'd, I obviously as a competitor, um, you wish you could have did a few things different to end up with a different result. Um, so I think we're our own worst critics when it comes to that. Um, Mama Knight reminds me of that all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I achieved my goal of qualifying for the TOC, which is the top 50 out of, uh, there's about 650 individual anglers that fish the Hobie events this year. Um, so that was an accomplishment in itself. And, um, 
to finish in the top 20 at the event that was just an absolute grind. Um, for me, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Um, and as, as the day has gone by since we got back, um, it's kind of sunk in a little bit more to where, yeah, you know, that's a heck of an accomplishment. You look at some of those anglers that didn't make it or some of the anglers that did that you ended up beating out. It's like, gosh, okay. I mean, this, this is, this is a good thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of it and I can't wait to, uh, uh, see what next year has in store for us too. Yeah. I mean, as competitors, we're always going to think back through all of those moments and, and think about the things that we could have done differently. And, you -hmm. know, you're never satisfied really, unless you're in first and that that's what makes you a great competitor. I think the important part, and you mentioned it was like going back and being able to recognize what you could do differently next year so that you don't make the same, like you're growing from that. That's only going to make you a better competitor. And then when you think about the fact that you were 20th in a tournament of that caliber, like how can you not be proud of that? Especially, I mean, we were talking as you were going into the event and you were having some, you were having tough practice. I mean, a lot of guys were, you know, struggling to find five bites. Um, and you were able to come through with some, solid little limits all three days to, to put you up there. I mean, day one, you were sitting in seventh, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then uh, you were just that one big bite away from, from being in the mix each day. Right. Um, so you put yourself in position to be there. Uh, the call, all the cards didn't maybe fall in your favor, but 20th is, is an excellent, excellent place to fall. Yeah, I, I think it's respectable. And um, after day one, uh, given the, the super tough practice everyone had, um, I focused up up the river uh, at the fur- furthest north launch just because I thought it would give me my most consistent bite with the cold weather coming in. Um, there were more spotted bass in that area, which I felt would be less affected by the the cold weather like the florida strain largemouth that the lake stocked with um and i figured you know the water's a little dirtier hopefully it'll hold the heat longer um unfortunately for me i just i ran out of fish and they they dropped the lake down and i didn't make that adjustment on the second day Mm. and i i really really struggled to get um you know five bites that day I, I caught five fish and that's the five fish I, I posted up. Um, and then the third day at the end of it, after I finally got my limit out that my fish were still on the same stuff. They were holding on wood up shallow, mm-hmm. but water cooling off and the, the water dropping down, they moved off the two foot wood and down into the six to eight foot wood. Um, and I got a, you know, four and a half inch call, and started running everything I could find, you know, using my panoptics and six to eight foot of water. If there was a stick down there, I was tossing at it. Um, and just couldn't get a couple more calls to move me up a little higher. But, you know, like you said earlier, it's a learning curve and um, definitely a huge growing experience. What, uh, what were you throwing? Um all three days of the tournament to, to catch those limits. Um, 
on the last day, all of my fish came on a jig, uh, just a finesse, like a bitsy bug. And it had to be the lightest weight you could throw. And mm. the, this is, I had some current, which is a good thing because it helped position the fish. But I also had a pretty stiff wind out of the north. And when you're throwing a finesse jig, you get a big bow in your line, you might hit your target, but that bow and the weight of it, I mean, you, A, you're not going to feel it. And B, it's going to, you know, literally blow your bait because it's so light. So I had to consider, mm-hmm. fluctuate from, you know, I, I tossed it an eighth ounce if I could get away with it. But I ended up going as high as, I think I didn't go anything over a quarter. Um, you know, there's three sixteenths was the main one on days two and three because of the wind. But, uh, there were some spots I had to go to a quarter and a quarter ounce big. I was thinking that's nothing, but it felt like a brick, you know, after throwing it sure. big, I'll, I'll, I'll practice and all day, but I, I had yep. action on top water. Um, but they, they just would not, they would just come up and push it i don't even think they had their mouth open they just wouldn't want to commit they were being lazy and cold so yeah so were you on spotted bass the whole event um that was what i found in practice um but i ended up catching all large all 15 of my keepers of those 15 all but one were largemouth which i only caught one keeper spot in the whole tournament which was weird because that's all I caught in practice. And I, that's what I was keying in on. I'm like, well, they'll be consistent. So I don't know where spots went, but they boogied out <laughs> in the large. Huh. And um, unfortunately, they weren't big, uh, but at least they were biting. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. I'll, I was super proud. It was fun event to watch. Uh, we had a couple other Indiana boys uh, do well. Um, Jackson Orr finished in seventh place. I think he took home like a $3,000 check. And Nick Matthews finished uh, in 12th place, um, I believe it was. So uh, it was good to see Indiana well represented. Yeah, and it was. It's a a proud moment when um, you can go represent your your state in a national level event like that and do well uh, for a state that is certainly not known for it's bass fishing um, waters, and we definitely are getting a good recognition for producing some fantastic bass fishermen. Um, I mean, just like Mike Elsie, you know, former national champ, uh, Jackson and Nick have performed phenomenal all year, um, and Jackson actually qualified for the world, so kudos to him. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Get to travel, you know, they don't know where it's going to be at quite yet, but but yeah, it, it was a great feeling to uh, represent the Knights um, down there. There's a lot of chatter with the KFL. A lot of people really excited about um, the league and um, had a lot of questions about the Indianapolis Knights and what we were all about. So it was it was good good time and a good platform to um, get us ready for the upcoming season. Absolutely. And, of course, I mean, we can't talk about Hobie Tournament of Champions without uh, giving a shout-out to, to this year's champion. How amazing is it, uh, Christine Fisher coming away with the title? What, $35,000 to, you know, um, 
yeah, one of the biggest events, if not, you know, uh, in some people's mind is probably the biggest event of the year. Uh, I, I'm sure that was a special moment for her and everyone there. Oh yeah. And she, she had a really tough day. Um, Dusty Yacker, um, who, you know, we, we ended up hanging out with quite a bit over the year, um, was in really good position going into that last day. And that cold weather moved in. It was about 30 degrees at first cast and his fish just shut off. And she was on a deeper water bite, um, where, you know, her fish weren't as affected, but she still struggled. She got five bites at that last day, uh, four really good ones. And then just a little squeaker, but it was enough to, to get her by. She got a, a fantastic check. Um, I believe she, she finished second in AOI. So, I mean, that's out of that group, um, huge accomplishment there just got edged out by Jordan Marshall a little bit, but I mean, think about her house like this week, for example, um, for those that don't know, she, she is a uh, chummy with one Guillermo Gonzalez, who, in case you haven't heard, won the KBF national championship. So I, I don't know how they're doing financially right now, but <laughs> I, I think they've got at least some good backdrops to hang up behind their, uh, their yeah. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're Enjoy, enjoying surf and turf every night of the week right oh, now. Right. Yeah. Well, but they also fish and travel a lot. So that, uh, that bill is pretty high. Um, so I'm sure, you know, a lot of the funds went to uh, <laughs> restocking the reserve. Um, oh yeah. For 2022. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That uh, they are on a tear right now. Those two. And, and she's been really just progressing every year and it's been fun to watch. Um, did they, did they announce the final AOI standings yet? Not yet. Um, we were actually, you know, on the way home trying to constantly go back and check to see, you know, like I was in 30th, I think going into the TOC. Um, so I'm curious to see where I ended up. They did announce the top 10, um, in AOI standings at the event, which I did not make that cut, but I'm hoping maybe to be, you know, again, somewhere around that top 20. I think that'd be a good accomplishment for my first year, um, you know, doing a full year nationally. I think. That'd be yeah, good. absolutely. Um, Matt Kiefer here in Indiana, one of the admins for SIAC. He was running the numbers throughout the entire event. He was exporting the data from Turning X and putting it into a spreadsheet to calculate the AOI race because you and Nick and Jackson were all in the conversation, at least towards the top there. And I remember seeing you at one point and you were up in the, up in the low, you were in the low teens, uh, like 12, 13, something like that. So we'll see once they finally post those. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, awesome, awesome season. Let's let's talk about how you got to the TOC. Um, you fished 
most of the Hobie events this year. Yeah, uh, we fished a good amount. Um, started off the year in February, we went down to Watts Bar, um, which never had fished there before, and we had temperatures both days in the 20s. I mean, if you don't have deck mat on your boat, which I didn't at the time, you know, this is a plug for any of those companies that sell deck mat and you plan on fishing in the cold months, you have to have that. I mean, or else you will bust your butt, best case, worst case, you fall in a drink because it, a little moisture on the deck instantly freezes. Oh, it was mm. rods freezing up. I mean, not just eyelets, the whole, you couldn't turn your reel. I mean, it was terrible. It, it was so cold and that was a grinder and those tournaments usually suit me. And I think I had eight fish for both days, maybe seven. And I, you know, had a top, I think I finished my maybe 14th, 15th in that event. Um, and had a really good shot to win it. Um, but, um, that event did well. We fished Dardanelle, uh, did okay. And, um, Gosh, where else would you go? Lake Champlain struggled there. Um, but Pickwick, the last event, did really well there. Again, had a shot to really make something special happen and lost some giant fish. Uh, but had a good finish there. That moved me um, into the AOI race to make it to the TOC. Um Gosh, golly, we went so many places this year. It's hard to keep track. Wisconsin, uh, up at La Crosse, and um, oh man, I, I it's hard to keep. Oh, Broken Bow, Oklahoma. That was the other one um, that counted towards because Hobie will take your top three Angler of the Year, uh, right? Your finishes for Angler of the Year points, and then to TOC. Um, that was one that Russ Snyder's won, um, and him and I shared water. And that first day I was in the top 10 um, and felt really confident. And then we, we were talking as we were pedaling to our spots. He went to his, um, caught three keepers off of his. I caught three keepers off of mine. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen again. You know, my fish boogied out. I got one more fish and then couldn't get a fifth fish and ended up slipping into the low teens in that event as well. Mm. Uh, and one 12 inch fish would have put me in second place a 14 inch fish i think would have i would have beat russ um so a good finish but like we were talking about earlier it's like i was so close you know yeah but yeah so broken bow pickwick and uh the watts bar event were my top three uh, finishes this year which counted towards my aoi points which that that got me into uh, the show at the end of the year. Nice, nice. What was your like? What was your favorite event of the season? Uh, fishing the Hobies. <clears throat> Location wise, and Nicole and I talk about this a lot. If you know, for that don't know, she travels with me, and we take our dogs, and we we live that RV life. But um, we loved Broken Bow, Oklahoma. It was nothing like what we expected. Um, we thought like tumbleweeds and brown and it's pine mm -hmm. valleys, mountains, beautiful lake. Um, yeah, the, it's an awesome little town there. A lot of breweries, a lot of 
cafes, you know, small businesses everywhere. There's not a Walmart or a Dollar General or anything. It's all mom and pop shops. The place is gorgeous. And I, I think that that area was probably um, our, fa- our favorite venue to, to fish and hang out in for sure. Nice, nice. So you talked a lot about some of the little little things that could have gone differently that would have, you know, put you instead of in the teens, you know, towards the top. What was the number one thing you learned from your first year really going after the Hobies? Like, what's your number one takeaway? Um, not to be afraid to step outside my box. And I, I yeah. as, as anglers, a lot of times we get very dialed in on, you know, hey, force feeding fish or, you know, hey, this area is going to have to work or, you know, there's sometimes you just got to throw caution to the wind and try something completely and totally different and outside of your comfort zone. Um, and I, as I learned to do that and allow myself to do that and not be so darn stubborn, um, I started seeing positive results. So I, I think that was my biggest takeaway from this year is um, not always fishing the past or fishing what I think might be best because, you know, oftentimes it's not. So, what What is your comfort zone? What What's that space you get into that it's where it's hard for you to get out of it? Um, I like, you know, fishing visual structure. <laughs> you know, I like flipping the bank um, and fishing what I can see. I, th- I, I just feel comfortable doing it um, probably because it's an easier thing to do. So, and I, I do a lot of map study like a lot of anglers do um, before you get to a new body of water and watch YouTube videos and all that good stuff. So you get a really good idea of what worked for other people. Think it will work for me. Yes. Okay, cool. So go in and do it. Um, and the problem is with an angler, if you go in and do that and you have instant success, a lot of times you won't do anything else but that. Um, but with us traveling full time, it's allowed me, you know, three to four days of practice. So I can go in and be like, Oh yeah, that worked. And maybe try to develop a pattern and run a couple other things. Um, but then there'll be one day, a lot of times that, you know, day before the tournament, um, I'll go out and just do something totally quirky, totally different. Um, and every once in a while you'll stumble onto something magical, like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. got a, if not a new game plan, you've got a super solid backup and you didn't burn up your fish. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So that's good stuff, man. I, uh, I like to get scissor happy when I'm practicing. <laughs> I keep, I keep the scissors nearby because if I get more than a couple bites on a bait, I'm, uh, I'm cutting it off. I'm cutting it off. Um, because if I don't, I'm just going to get so stuck on it. You know, I know I won't want to put it down. So before I get too excited, I cut it off and I'll throw something else. Um, and that, because I, that was, that was my way of getting around that. Cause that's how it used to be. I'd pick one or two baits and that's all I'd throw. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I still have a tendency to, to get keyed in like that in a tournament and not be willing to try things. Um, and that's something that I got to work on, but I have fixed that in practice. I don't have that problem at all in, in practice anymore. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's been good for me. And then I think the other thing for me, which we'll probably do a, we'll probably do an episode here soon about practice. Um, that's a huge topic usually for people in the off season is preparation and practice and that sort of thing. People like to talk about that. So, We'll have that discussion at some point here at the round table, but I will say this, um, you know, for me, locating fish is a big part of my practice. Not so much the act of catching them or trying a bunch of different baits, but just really just trying to find those fish. Um, and I like what you said though, about kind of having that trash day where you just kind of go and do something else. Cause a lot of times in a, in a tournament where I have three days of practice, which is, I feel is ideal, you know, I'll get, I'll spend the first day or two just locating fish. And then the final day I'll kind of spend trying to key in on certain things. Um, but I like what you're saying about the trash day, you know, cause you could stumble onto something that is completely outside of, you, you know what I mean? You get focused on your mission. Yeah. So Because if you don't have a solid game plan going into that last day, which, and it happens, sometimes you won't. Um, but if you don't have that game plan, you're, you're probably going to struggle a little bit in that, that tournament because no one likes to use tournament days as practice days. And sometimes that's what you got to do. But um, having that, that throwaway day, like I said, A, it doesn't burn your fish. B, you might stumble across something super awesome. And you learn new things. You you try different techniques. And worst case scenario, if you hook some fish, they're not your fish anyway. They're some they're probably someone else's fish. Yeah. Uh, and that can and it sounds bad, <laughs> but that can only benefit you on in a tournament scenario. Um so you're playing a little defense at the same time while you're trying to play offense. Um, it's a win-win, really. It, it's something that I've, I've tried a few times, and it's really paid big dividends. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and wants a good takeaway, um, that's a good pro tip right there. Yeah, I like it. Do you feel like that helps you mentally reset at all? Or like, does that help? From a, from a mental aspect, do you think it gives you any benefit? huge benefit because if i find fish out there i now have got another game plan i've got another area i can go to um and oftentimes it's going to be an offshore deal so it, you could you might have to find schools but you could look at your graph and be like oh well they're they're on ledges in eight to twelve foot of water um and on the flip side of it if you don't go out there and catch fish on that throwaway trash day it does nothing but boost my confidence. Like, yep, I'm on the right stuff. Obviously what I chose to do and found is working. This other deal is not the deal for me. It might be for someone else. So it, it I have confidence in my original game plan going into the tournament day. So either way, it's a confidence builder. Heck yeah, man. Hashtag pro tip of the week right there. Love it. Love it. Well, speaking of game plans and all that, we're going to take a quick break, but, uh, 
We'll be back right after this week's Commish Talk segment with Greg Nozar, and we'll be talking about uh, your 2022 game plan. Sounds great. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. This is Commish Talk, presented by TRC Covers, handcrafted American-made broad covers that float. Check them out at trccovers.com. And now, here's KFL Commissioner Greg Nozar. All right, Greg, there's a ton of buzz in the air right now about KFL. Uh, We've been talking with Jason a little bit about, um, you know, the TOC and what's going on there. And there was a lot of conversation at the TOC about the KFL. Um, It's got to feel good, man. It it does, man. I mean, you know, last year was such an anomaly. And we just tried to put together something that was going to be absolutely fun and exciting. And I think we exceeded expectations. I mean, exceeded my expectation. And I'm super excited for 2022, man. I mean, the the names, the people that are grasping this concept, wanting to be a part of something that's just, I mean, the word is fun. You know what I mean? Uh, Getting together as teams, competing as teams. It's it's new. It's different from what we're all used to. Obviously, this is more of an individual sport, but bringing that whole atmosphere. And and I think what what was drawing people to it is they're hearing about how much fun it is, not just competing on the water, but all the stuff before and after the, you know, the, the event, you know, fireside chats and going out to dinner and seeing all these pictures of camaraderie and stuff like that, man, with COVID, man, you know how much we missed all that, right? Yeah. That's one thing about, that's great about the the tournaments themselves and kind of coming together as, you know, teammates and facing each other and doing battle and, you know, getting your game face on. And, and like I said, in, in times past, like when I'm, do something in an individual event and let's say that have the best individual event, which just happens often, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of disappointed with myself, but I'm not going to kick myself. But when I just don't do well in a team event and I let my teammates down, it's a gut punch, man. It's an absolute yeah. gut punch. And it also, when you do well for your team, man, it's just like this exponential feeling of accomplishments, you know, to help that you were there to help out your teams and getting that, um, you know, team recognition as well as league wide recognition. And I'll be honest with you, man, I think too, what we've added tremendously in, in, I mean, I'm super proud of this is the amount of exposure that kayak bass fishing is getting with the digital content that we're putting out through pride, through motion, through social media, um, uh, you know, it, uh, YouTube and all those different things. It's an it's, a, it's an easier broadcastable event. You see, and then the sponsors are coming in too. Uh, they're flying in, which is great, and that's going to attract a lot of you know quality anglers and, and teams and, and stuff like that. So, man, we're we're excited about it, man. We we've got to continue the momentum. We cannot stop. We can't not rest on our laurels. We've got to learn how to make sure that this product is as best as it can get and keep this excitement and momentum going through 2022. Yeah, absolutely. We're just getting started, huh? Yes, sir. We are. All right, Greg. Well, thanks again for uh, tuning in or joining us on the podcast for uh, Commission Talk. Thanks, man. All right, everyone. We're back from the break. Got Jason Cassidy here, a.k.a. Big Red, and we've been talking about the 2021 Hobie season just coming off a uh, 20th place finish at the TOC. Jason, what's uh, what's 2022 look like for you? You going to go back after the Hobie series again and, and try and get into that TOC once again? Absolutely. Um, 
even with the, the all the COVID restrictions that we experienced this year, as far as, you know, the meetups and stuff, uh, they, they put on a first class event, every event we go to, uh, the anglers that fish it are top notch and qualifying for that tournament of champions is, is a, is a hard deal to do throughout the year. So, um, it's definitely the, the championship that you want to be a part of. And I, I'm, I'm stoked, uh, with the upcoming schedule and to chase that, that TOC again. Yeah, man, let's, let's talk about that schedule, break it down a little bit. Um, pretty, pretty cool schedule here. I mean, fairly well spread out, um, throughout, uh, you know, the Midwest and the South, even some Eastern events, um, starting out February 12th to the 13th on Toledo Bend. Um, you think that's one you'll make? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we, we got a calendar last night at the store and, um, Nicole's been hard work, uh, making arrangements for campgrounds and everything already. So, uh, we will be at, um, Toledo Bend, um, fished it once, uh, fished the challenge series championship a couple years ago, um, with Mike Elsie. Um, and it, it was, it was a cool lake, um, figured out something on the second day and had the second or third best bag, um, in that event, um, on that. Nice. Second. So, I'm looking forward to it in the, the early part of the year, be pre-spawn uh, down there for sure, um, which should play into my wheelhouse pretty good, I think. Yeah. Um, then the the following event is Santee Cooper uh, there in, in South Carolina. Are you going to go play with the with the dinosaurs? Yep. I ain't scared of no gators. We, we got to play with them in Ufala a couple times uh, this year. Um, and I would love to go there. I haven't been, um, but it's a large body of water with, uh, Marion and Moultrie combined. Um, I've got family down there. Uh, so we plan on, you know, catching some big bass and visiting family while we're down there too. Nice. Nice. And then they're back to Eufaula. Um, just coming off a Ufala event. Is that one that you're planning on going back to? Yep. We'll be at Ufala. Um, it's going to be a tough tournament. Um, I think that time of year, it's going to be, you know, the spawn. They'll probably have all three stages of the spawn going on because they're, they'll be depending on the weather, but um, it'll, it'll still be tough. The lake's going through some transformation stuff, uh, but the benefit of the bass, event that was earlier this spring and then the toc which was last week um and knowing this lake was already on the schedule i did a lot of homework while i was down there uh this fall um last week for the at the toc i did a lot of homework thinking ahead to the spring Uh, sure i've got over 40 waypoints that i marked for spring fishing last week wow yeah. Smart, smart. And I, I mark every fish I, I catch, every bite I get um, on my Garmin. So um, there are about 322, I think, waypoints that I marked last week. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Well, you definitely are ahead of the game then when it comes to preparation for that event. That one falls up uh, May 14th and 15th at uh, Broken Bow. So we already know how you feel about that one. Nicole's actually going to, because the reception is god awful. I mean, if there's one downside to Broken Bow, um, it's reception, but it's a good time to unplug and reconnect and get out there and enjoy God's creation. It's beautiful. And she's going to take uh, a vacation that week. So she doesn't have to stress about working in a bar or a coffee shop um, while we're on the road that week. So we're just going to enjoy each other and our time out there. And we'll definitely be at the broken bow event. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So this next one, I mean, I'm probably saying more than I should. Uh, KFL is yet to release the schedule. It's coming soon, December 2nd. It's going to be released on Motion Sports Outdoors. Find out more information on that at uh, on the KFL Facebook page. But, you know, without saying too much, I'm just putting it out there. There's a possibility that June 4th, which is the kickoff for the KFL season, the Indy Knights and the Nashville Shiners might be playing each other and they might be on Lake Chick in conjunction with the Hobie Bass Open Series. Just saying, it's possible. It's possible. That that would be fantastic because I'm definitely looking forward to the Chickamauga event um, down there near Chattanooga, Dayton, Tennessee area. Uh, it's a Tennessee River. I love fishing the Tennessee River. Um, you know, had a good event just north of there on Watts Bar lot this this year, um, and then a couple years ago for the KBF FLW event on Nickajack, just south of there, had a a good finish there. Um, so, in Pickwick and I mean, I love the Tennessee River, so I am super jacked. Plus, they got some donkeys in there. I mean, let's face it. They do. They're Especially, consistent, you know, eight every year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I look at this Hobie schedule, that's the one that I, I get excited about. Um, unlike you, I'm not going to be out there chasing a TOC berth or AOI or anything like that. But when I look at the schedule, if this was one I was going to go fish, you know, the full season, that would be definitely the one. Mm -hmm. um that i would uh i would have pegged as my my top event um i love fishing in tennessee like you just said and chick is just you know such a dynamite fishery um it's been on a little bit of a downward trend i would say over the last couple of years just because of pressure and you know it all of these lakes have peaks and we saw that peak a few years ago. I think it'll come back. They go through cycles. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, every time you go out there, you got a legitimate shot at a double digit fish, um, which is pretty cool considering it's so far North, you know, in Tennessee, you're not in Florida, you're not in Texas, Louisiana, that sort of thing. So um, to go out there, I think it's going to be a fun event. It's going to be a big event. And uh, I hope that that, what we're saying might happen does happen. So we'll find out uh, very soon as the schedule will be released uh, December 2nd, and then teams will start to formulate their home games, uh, locations, and all that kind of stuff. So more on that to come. Um, we'll have an episode 
after the release to talk about the schedule uh, with the team. So look forward to that. Um, and then after Chick, you kind of go that Eastern swing, right? You've got uh, um, New Hampshire and Pennsylvania events, both in June and July. Are those ones you're thinking about doing? Yep. Uh, we're going to do uh, both. The Susky is, you know, we didn't fish that one this year uh, just because I had a horrible kayak angler championship event there. Um, it, and if you've never fished it, it's, it's a bucket list, smallmouth fishery, but it, it's, it's its own animal. It doesn't set up like other rivers do, but, um, we're, we're going to fish that one and we're definitely going to New Hampshire just because it's a bucket list deal. Um, we haven't been that far Northeast. Uh, so we're going to make a long stretch of that one. We're going to do a little family vacation. Um, combine a trip to New York and over to Maine um, with that with that trip. So we we will definitely be there. Nice, part, nice. Part family fun. And uh, this next one's one I'm not familiar with: uh, Wolf and Fox Rivers in Appleton, Wisconsin. Yeah, I looked it up last night. Um, they're part of a, like a chain of lakes, is what it looks like to me. Okay. Obviously, they'll probably give us some some more details here in the near future as far as boundaries and whatnot. Um, but it's a lot of fishable water, a lot of backwaters. Um, it, it looks very similar aerial-wise as like lacrosse area uh, where you've got gotcha. water sloughs and uh, some deeper channels, main river stuff. And then they, they go into like full-on big old lakes. Um which so it it remains to be seen what's going to be, you know, open to fish and what's not. But uh, we'll find out when we go up to Wisconsin uh, this summer because we'll be there for that one too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this one plays out. I love the Madison, Wisconsin lacrosse area. Um, you know, both of those areas are are great, both on and off the water. I think you know Wisconsin has become one of my favorite places to travel and fish over the last yeah. two or three years. So I'm excited to see what this event's all about. Um, and then they're capping off the season with a good one. Lake Darnell in Russellville, Arkansas. Yep. How you feel about that? That time of year, I, th I think um, it'll be a little bit better for me than it was this year, which was a little bit earlier. Um, there was like a, this, Everybody I thought was all post-spawn and it ended up being some spawners still on the sawgrass deal. And it was kind of quirky the way it worked out, but it worked out okay for me. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to taking what I learned this year at Dardanelle and applying it um, with some more active fish. I, th I think uh, it'll play into my wheelhouse a lot better. So nice. I'm looking forward to that one. So we looked at the 2022 schedule, you know, thinking back on 2021, looking forward to 2022. Uh, what are some goals? What, uh, what do you got in mind? Well, uh, definitely, you know, goal one is to, I, I want to qualify for the tournament of champions. I would prefer to get that out of the way earlier with a top three finish in one of those nine events. Um, 
we plan on fishing all of them um and to give myself the best opportunity if i have a bum tournament um i've got some others i can fall back on but um i want the opportunity to get a top finish top three would be awesome plus uh the ability to uh, learn new waters um there's three of those nine that i know i've never been on um and if i do make it to that tournament of champions um it's going to be on a another familiar body of water for a lot of kayak fishermen so um i think that's going to set up well for a lot of other anglers too so um it looks looks like it's just going to be a fantastic fun year absolutely well we look forward to watching you out there um competing again for that toc and hopefully an aoy title as well so um and then on top of that you know you got all the other events that you fish locally and and nationally uh, of course we got the kfl 2022 season coming up um yeah. man what do you think about this new divisional breakout we've got with west virginia detroit and then the newcomers nashville shiners right um what was interesting, I mean, there was, like I mentioned earlier, there was so much chatter at the different tables with in regards to the KFL. Um, that team format is really intriguing, and a lot of people really like it. Um, the KBF has had something similar to that at the championship level with the, uh, the team-type format. A team challenge cup and everyone really jumped on that deal especially this year they had a ton of teams um, which is exciting for the sport and that does nothing but you know show people like man this is fun this is cool um, it's a great format now just make it even better by making it a full year a full league um, of that that fun type of competition uh, that you can't get individually. Uh, so the chatter, obviously, with our division, everybody's talking about the Shiners. Um, they think it's it's a very stacked team, and it is. I'm, I'm not, I can't take away anything uh, from that at all. Um, but that being said, um, they're, they're human. They're anglers just like we are. Um, they've had some awesome successes individually, uh, but that doesn't always transform into success in a team format either. Um, I think Absolutely. the Knights are a fantastic group of anglers, um, but I think we're an even better team. Um, and we've got, we've got a, a good head of steam going into 2022. And I think people are going to be really surprised um, how things shake out. I mean, fishing's a game of inches. And you take a couple inches here and there to 2021 and the nights look a lot different on paper. Uh, it's, it's not like we just got slaughtered at any of these events. Um, we were very competitive. One of the top teams in the league, Detroit, you know, we almost snuck in their backyard and took one. Um, and they know that. Uh, yep, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of reasons for people to be, um, very optimistic about what we've got coming for them in 2022. 
it definitely won't be any kind of flip-flop type of uh, material. I think we're going to be in the game, in the hunt for for everything. We're going to have our sneakers on, baby. That's right. That's right. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we're excited. And uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a super competitive year. Um, we found out last year that there are no give-me's in this league in any of these divisions with any of these teams. Um, there's a lot of people saying that our division is going to be the toughest division. It's one of the most traveled division, meaning the, um, the distance that we have to travel to our games, um, is going to be, uh, pretty, pretty long. We're not too bad, I guess, with, uh, Detroit and Nashville, depending on where they put us. Um, if they put us up in, uh, uh Northern, uh, Michigan again, it could be another eight hour drive, but, uh, make us pass St. Clair. Goodness. We talked about that on the last episode, but no, I'm excited about it. Um, and then, you know, we'll, uh, We'll know here in a couple weeks where we're going for our out-of-conference matchup and who's coming to us for an out-of-conference matchup. So it's going to be a good season. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watching you again out on the Hobie Bass Open Series. Congratulations again, man, on just a fantastic, fantastic year out there. Your first year going at it full-time on the Hobies and uh, coming up with a top 20 in the TOC and and looking very likely a top 20 in AOI. We'll see uh, more on that to come, though. Yeah, definitely appreciate that. Um, thank you for those kind words. It's, it's, it's been a fun year. It's been a trying year, and um, I hope to do nothing but better that in 2022. And uh, thank you for having this podcast. This is a fantastic way for people to, to meet different, different anglers they may not know. Um, and you know, it's a learning tool. If, if nothing else, if you don't care about who I am, you know, there might be something I said that you could apply next year on the water. Um, so yeah, use all these little trinkets that awesome people like Sam or, uh, be it podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever, watch, listen, and learn. Fishing's a game of constant knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, if you want to, if you want to stay in touch with Jason, you can find him on Instagram. Um, what is the handle there again? Jason Cassidy Fishing. Jason Cassidy Fishing on Instagram. We're going to do the same thing, I think, on Facebook. Um, and then, um, oh, she's got me on that Twitter too. So, um, yeah, just search Jason Cassidy Fishing, and you'll you'll find me there. Um, or you can uh, check us out at Afloat, um, our nonprofit. Family Life Outdoors Achieves Togetherness. Um, it's a fantastic organization uh, where we take families fishing, hiking, camping, get them outdoors, unplug and reconnect. Um, and you you can check us out on all the socials at Afloat Inc. Inc. Um, and get in touch with with us there as well. So, yeah, uh, Indianapolis Knights are proud to partner with you in Afloat. Um, you know we. Uh, We've helped out with some kids fishing days uh, this year. Next year, we're going to be partnering together to do a couple different events uh, for for the kiddos as well. So uh, more information on that to come. Guys, make sure to check out IndyNightsFishing.com too. We're getting ready to release that website. You can go ahead and subscribe right now to, uh, to be 
uh, alerted when we do launch the full website. But you can go to IndyNightsFishing.com right now and uh, and sign up for that. We'll be dropping that with the schedule launch on December 2nd. So the website will go live on December 3rd. And there'll be links to all of our partners there, including Afloat um, as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, once again, Jason, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm sure we'll have you on future podcasts. I look forward to talking to you about all things kayak fishing um, and uh, and much, much more in the near future. Sounds fantastic. Thanks again for having me. All right, guys, listen to a couple words from our presenting sponsors and some more information for you guys on the back end of this podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to today's roundtable discussion. We appreciate you being a part of what we're doing here um, with the Indianapolis Knights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Indianapolis Knights and on Instagram at Indy Knights. We're always pumping out some new content, so we appreciate you hitting that follow, giving us some likes, and, of course, always uh, you know leaving a comment for us. Stay up to date on everything we're doing uh, with the Indy Knights and KFL at indynightsfishing.com special thanks to presenting sponsor Hoosier Kayak Bassin learn more about HKB and everything they're doing here in the Hoosier State at HoosierKayakBassin.com don't forget to protect your fishing gear with TRC covers American made handcrafted rod covers and more available at TRCCovers.com that's TRCCovers.com this podcast is produced by South Mountain Media. Thank you again for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time back here at the Roundtable. Advertise with the Indie Knights. Attract new clients and reach an engaged, highly motivated audience. Multiple promotional partnerships and advertising options available. To learn more about these opportunities, contact us via email at southmtnmedia.com That's southmtnmedia.com Media.com.